I was looking at the astrology of uh, Thanksgiving and, you know, I saw that Aries moon answering to the Mars at 29 degrees Scorpio. And I was like, oh my God, like it's gonna, we're going to be throwing turkey at each other from across the table. Like what's going on? But I, at least for me, it didn't manifest so much on an individual level. It was more about like collective rage, I think, uh, collective anger. Um, yeah. Uh, so I don't know how, how did that go for you guys on Thursday with the 29 degrees Mars and the moon and Aries answering to that kind of spicy Mars this week. Um, now, as we gather today on, uh, on Sunday, November 26th, Mars has continued on their journey into Sagittarius, okay? So we kind of have a bit of an, we've had an energetic shift in the past couple days, that is interesting because we're coming out of such heavy scorpionic energy and we're moving into a bit more of a Sagittarian energy. Now, Venus will still have to make her way through Scorpio, so keep that in mind. Uh, we're not completely done with the Scorpio energy. Uh, when does Venus move into Scorpio? Let me see here. Venus will move into Scorpio December 5th, so um, next week at some point. Uh, but I think I think Sagittarius can kind of be that um, zoomed out perspective that we needed so desperately, right? Like during a Scorpionic, such a heavy Scorpionic energy that we had in October and then at the beginning of November, Scorpio is very zoomed in, right? Um, that's one of the reasons why Scorpio and Virgo are sextile to each other. That's one of the things they have in common or why they agree with each other because they both can very much notice little details. And um, I think sometimes that's why Scorpio energy feels so heavy. It's like we're noticing all these like little, um, whether they're psychological details or emotional details, or it becomes harder to really zoom out and see uh, the situation from a different perspective, right? So now that we're coming into Sagittarius season, there's a little bit more of like a zoomed out perspective, right? But I will say tomorrow, Monday, the 27th, we have the full moon in Gemini. Any Gemini moons in the house? <laughs> Comment below. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Anybody know a Gemini moon? Um, I love, I actually love a Gemini moon. I think they're so funny. They're kind of like the jokesters. They're like the class clowns of the Zodiac, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, and in a lot of ways, sometimes I associate Gemini with the clown archetype in the sense that I think the clown archetype can sort of try on different masks and sort of experiment with different um, 
costumes, if you will, and I that's something I admire about Gemini Moon. Um, oh, Jessica, yes, you are a Gemini Moon. Um, and Cher, uh, you said your brother and sister-in-law are Gemini Moons. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, you know, what is this full moon in Gemini? What is this full moon in Gemini um, alluding to? Uh, because it's interacting with a lot of things, okay? Um, on the one hand, before the moon profects at about five degrees Gemini, that will be the degree of the full moon, uh, the moon will uh, come into a opposition and an opposition with Mars and a square to Saturn. Um, so first, technically the order is first tonight, Sunday the 26th, around 7 p.m. Central Time, the moon will be squaring Saturn. Then, you know, a couple hours later, around 9 p.m. Central, uh, the moon will be opposing Mars, okay? So that's interesting. Like, this Gemini full moon interacts with the two malefic planets, okay? I know it, like, triggers people when I say malefic because, uh, you know, that's what the ancient astrologers called Mars and Saturn, right? Mars um, and Saturn being uh, kind of, I guess planets that present a challenge and sometimes misfortune or sometimes um, more disagreeable circumstances, right? And I know there's like this ongoing fight in the astrological community whether we should even use the word malefic or like um, also this idea that Mars and Saturn don't always just bring misfortune like there are good things that come from Mars and Saturn through trial and tribulation but I mean regardless I think the moon going under such an intense moment before it carries on to the full moon is interesting square to Saturn first and then the opposition to Mars second the actual full moon, again, will take place at 5 degrees Gemini, and that will happen around 4 a.m. on the 27th. So, um, what does this all mean in English, right? What does it all mean in English? Uh, well, it's funny because I was talking to my coworker the other day, and uh, they are kind of having a really intense awakening with a certain family member. And they were saying that they were attending a um, some sort of like, I don't know if it was like a, a ritual or there was, it was like a moon thing or th there was just some kind of spiritual group thing that they were attending. And one of the things that they were doing as a group was um, like 
writing things down on a little piece of paper of what they want to let go of and and burning it, right? And you know, you guys, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know I kind of, um, it's not that I discount the power of that practice, but I kind of make fun of it too, like uh, in the sense of as if we could, if only we could, psychologically completely let go and change our neuro pathways just by throwing a little piece of paper with the name of our ex or something written on it and and put it in the flames of some cauldron like I wish that (laughs) that worked all the time right but I think sometimes um what we have to remember is letting go is is um it's not only emotional but it's like it's a psychochemical thing you know like we have to change the way our brain is wired and um you know it's not as easy as just saying i want to let go of this or that right not that it's not possible and not that the ritual can't be helpful because I also think it's helpful. I mean, as a witch, I think it's helpful to ritualize psychological shifts. I think that's extremely powerful, but you guys get what I'm saying here. All right. So let's go back to my coworkers. So they're at this ritual thing and they're being asked to write down on a little slip of paper, what they want to let go of. And they wrote down rage. And again, this kind of thing relates to something with their family member that, you know, they're sorting out some, you know, long seated issues with that family member. And um, I think they're, they're carrying a lot of rage and, uh, you know, they all kind of got in line and they're about to like put their little piece of paper in the fire everybody's doing it and my coworker went to put the piece of paper into the fire that says rage and like in the last second before letting it go into the fire they said oh no never mind I want to keep this (laughs) and they didn't end up putting the rage in the fire and to be honest there was such wisdom in that. I think there was like such profound wisdom in what they did. And uh, because that's something that's being probed at with this full moon, first squaring Saturn and then opposing Mars. I think we're at a place where... um, sometimes we're not ready to let something go. And that's because we haven't completely felt through it. You know, like, why did my coworker last minute say, nope, I actually want to keep my rage right now. It's because there's medicine in the uncomfortability of what they're going through. And maybe they can't heal that relationship with their family member unless they befriend the uncomfortable emotion, which is rage in this situation, right? 
Um, so there's something there about rage as teacher or anger as a friend and how it might be triggered under this full moon. Also, you know, moon in Gemini, full moon in Gemini opposing Mars. Of course, we're talking about rage. <laughs> do you have anybody? Or do, you, do you consider yourself quick to anger? Or do you have anybody, know anybody who is quick to anger? Um, they, they probably have a moon Mars aspect in their chart. <laughs> you know, like moon, the planet of emotions, the planet of how we react to our environment. And Mars, the planet of war. Um, you know, there's a bit of emotional warfare in this full moon. Um, and uh, Corey, you said that Mars Kazemi uh, whooped me. Now Saturn is conjunct within minutes of my natal Venus. It's super ragey. Ooh, totally, totally. Um, and Corey, you said I'm so slow to anger. You have the Capricorn Mars. That's funny. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm also very slow to anger. Um, and I consider myself like an above average patient person. But sometimes I think it's because my Mars is retrograde in my chart. So I wonder like if there's something about like, am I actually that patient or do I just disassociate <laughs> from anger? Like is anger just such a dangerous thing for me at times, right? Um, Cher, you said you're quick to anger. You have moon and Mars and Leo. Laura, yep, quick to anger. Annie, you have that Aries moon, quick to anger, quick to rage. Yeah, and honestly, like, I don't know if that's necessarily, like, always a bad thing. Like, because sometimes as a person who has trouble tapping into anger, you know, sometimes I wish I could kind of you know, uh, sort of feel that in a, in a bit of a, in a bit of a more visceral way. So you can work through things, right? Um, also, uh, yeah, you know, there's, yeah, you know, there's something about rage and anger in this full moon. I was going to say, I'm now I'm thinking like, when was I like the angriest I've ever been? Um, and I think that was probably in like maybe 2021. It was when I first really started unpacking my, um, sort of childhood trauma with my first therapist and really started getting in touch with my inner child. <laughs> and that's when I was just so angry like I had never felt rage like that before so that relating to the full moon I think there is something healing about letting ourselves feel our anger right um and uh Amber you said I was tested yesterday and practiced challenging changing the anger narrative yeah Ooh, okay we'll get to that we'll get to that um but okay so if we know something about this full moon, so there's something about maybe relationship to rage, relationship to anger. Um, if you're not particularly feeling anger, rage, 
it could also be relationship to like our passions and pursuit of passions, which is a very Martian thing, right? But I was doing some bibliomancy with our fan favorite, Women Who Run With The Wolves. Um, if you're new to Witch Church, uh, this is like this is like a Bible to me. Like I, I love this book. Um, it's something that I, um, you know, I don't know. I've incorporated it into a lot of my classes uh, right now with my untethered artist creativity class. Uh, Sarah, my co-teacher, and I are going to do this chapter with our class this week. I'm excited. Or at least one chapter from this book. Um, but uh, I did some bibliomancy this morning. And you won't believe. I was like, I was just like, let's do some bibliomancy. And let's see like what could happen if we asked the book for some kind of advice for the full moon. And like, guys, I'm not making this up. I swear I'm not making this up. Um, I flipped to... Chapter 12, which is, um, you guys can't read this, it's backwards, but marking territory, the boundaries of rage and forgiveness. Um, yeah, isn't that funny? Uh, and this is specifically, if you've read Women Who Run With The Wolves, this is the story of the crescent moon bear. So I just want to, um, just I just want to read a little bit of the introduction of this story because I think it might relate in some way. Um, so under the tutelage of wild women, we reclaim the ancient, the intuitive, and the passionate. When our lives reflect hers, we act cohesively. We carry through or learn to if we don't already know how. We take steps to make our ideas manifest into the world. We regain focus when we lose it, attend to personal rhythms, draw closer to friends and mates who are in accord with wildish and integral rhythms. We choose relationships that nurture our creative and instinctive lives. We reach out to nurture others and we are willing to teach receptive mates about wildish rhythms if need be. But there is another aspect to mastery, and that is dealing what, with what only can be called women's rage. The release of rage is required. Once women remember the origins of their rage, they feel they may never stop grinding their teeth. Ironically, we also feel very anxious to disperse our rage, for it feels distressing and obnoxious. We wish to hurry up and do away with it but repressing it will not work. It is like trying to put fire into a burlap bag. Neither is, it, neither is it good to scald ourselves or someone else with it. So there we are holding a powerful emotion that we feel came upon us unbidden. It is like toxic waste. There it is, no one wants it, but there are few disposal areas for it. One has to travel far in order to find the burial ground. Um, so I think this is really interesting that like, um, you know, there's something here about 
what is the burial ground of rage and anger? Are we always meant to bury it? Are we always meant to feel it and immediately say, how do I get rid of this because it's uncomfortable? Or is anger and rage some sort of teacher this week? And I think if we sort of have the aligned mantra that goes with it, I wonder if it could be transformative in some way. Um, now, here's what I mean by that. So when I asked the cards about the sort of week ahead, the week ahead card with this full moon in Gemini, um, I got the star. And the more and more I tune in with the star, um, you know, for me, it's sort of the, the everything's going to be okay. You're on the right path. You're on the right track. Everything is happening in spirit, divine timing. Um, you know, it's that kind of card, you know, it's, it's the, it's the card where spirit says hi, like, don't forget that I'm here for you. Or don't forget that I'm with you at all times. Um, and then also, though, the star for me, at least in this moment, is reminding me of the importance of the narrative we have. Um, the stories that we tell ourselves, the things that we hold true about our journeys, our emotions. And when it comes to the stories of our anger, of our rage, uh, when it comes to the stories of just even the harder emotions that we have, um, what is the default story that we're likely to default towards? Um, it probably has something to do with, like, don't feel this. Right? Because isn't that kind of what society teaches us in some way? Or, you know, yeah, I think, I think in some way to operate in a capitalistic society where we just are constantly focused on work and productivity, there's not really time to feel through the uncomfortable emotions and there's every excuse not to do it because there's so many distractions and opportunities to repress, right? So if we're not careful, there's always a default story that is just in us, right? And if we're not careful and we don't challenge these default stories, we will unconsciously default into these things. And then we wake up one day and we're like, oh man, like I never really worked through that or I never really, you know, acknowledge that. Um, so something about the star this week says, be aware of your narrative and how your narrative is changing and what narrative you're choosing, uh, especially when it comes to 
any spectrum of uncomfortable emotions. Because um, if we're not careful, I think, again, the default around uncomfortable emotions says run. <laughs> no way am I feeling those. No way. <laughs> right? And I'm wondering if there's a better narrative or a, not better, but a more aligned narrative that is developing with this full moon in Gemini around our uh, the uncomfortability of our emotions. Kind of like my coworker, like I was saying, like when they went to put in the little piece of paper into the fire that says rage. And they said, nope, actually, no, I'm not going to do that. I want my rage. You know, maybe their narrative is it's okay to feel my anger because rage is my teacher right now. You know, like it, it, that feels so much better than just trying to repress anger all day. That actually makes us sick, you know, um, physically sick, you know, when we repress too much. I'm trying to think of some like uncomfortable emotions that are coming up for me in this moment. Like, I think there's like a big death card <laughs> moment coming up in my own life when it comes to like uncomfortable emotions, specifically when it comes to like my relationships, you know, my Saturn return which is going on right now is um, is directly influencing my seventh house of relationships. And I'm in this container right now where um, I can actually feel safe to start to say it's okay to feel this insecurity in relationships or it's okay to acknowledge this pain in relationships or it's okay to feel this and it doesn't mean that you'll be abandoned you know like that's just one thing that's coming up but it could be anything like it, it could really be anything when it comes to any area of life that has felt particularly emotionally uncomfortable something with the star card and the full moon in Gemini opposing Mars squaring Saturn. Um, what is the narrative that we're holding about the uncomfortable emotion? And again, if we don't choose it for ourselves, it will choose us. <laughs> and, um, you know, don't let societal or family narratives that are rooted in trauma choose how you're processing your emotions, right? Like, and that's the empowerment of, um, that's the empowerment of a full moon squaring Saturn and opposing Mars. Uh, it's almost like a bravery to feel through the uncomfortability or a, a sort of, I won't run from this uncomfortability we see this on a collective level too, right? Um, so 
Jessica, you said for a long time when I was triggered by something, I'd want to squash that feeling down because the anger seemed toxic. But the last couple days, I'm trying to work through the triggers now. Oh, yeah. Oh, de definitely. Story yeah, story is as old as time. <laughs> you know, I'm triggered. Let's just shut it down or let's distract myself or whatever. Um, Corey, you said boundaries that are, boundaries are a huge thing right now. I can see that I'm having to tell people how to show me respect. Yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. Um, and then Jessica, you said sitting with my rageful jealousy and figuring out where it's coming from instead of punishing myself for it. Yeah. Sherry said, same, I'm sitting here wondering where I've been emotionally, and it's like, wow, I haven't been present. Yeah. Yeah, this <laughs> this full moon will force us into presence with our emotions, for sure. Um, and then another fate, you said, I wish I could feel more rage right now. Work has been so emotionally uncomfortable for me. Um, yeah, you know, there's there's distractions, too, you know, like... And especially around this time of year, like there's so many material distractions. Um, Ellis, you said, trying to sit with anger as anger and not letting it become hopelessness and depression. Isn't there a quote that's like, a unfelt anger is depression or something. Does anybody know what quote I'm talking about? Um, or like unprocessed anger is depression. Yeah. And it would make, I mean, for me, it makes so much sense uh, that there is a lot of rage and anger and just uncomfortable emotions in the air right now with everything that we're trying to shift. Now, one more thing that I wanted to cover for the week ahead, and I haven't pulled a card on this transit yet. But again, we kind of have the full moon, let's say Sunday evening through Monday, early morning. Now, the other major transit of this week has to do with Venus. Um, which will be on November 29th. So if today's the 26th, Monday's the 27th, Tuesday's the 28th, Wednesday's the 29th, um, Venus will be at 24 degrees Libra, conjunct the south node. What does that mean in English? Well... You know, there's something here, I think. Um, oh, Annie, thanks for typing this. You said, I think there's a quote saying something like, I sat with my anger so long until she told me her name was grief. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so on Wednesday, Venus, planet of relationships, planet of material possessions planet of harmony 
<laughs> pursuit of harmony is conjunct the south node. South node being a lot about our past life karma. You know, like a lot about the lessons that we didn't quite master in the past and now we have a chance in this present moment to, I don't want to say master, but we have a chance in this present moment again to rewrite the story in a way that we didn't get to in the past, right? And let's just think, <laughs> if we know this full moon is a lot about our relationship to the uncomfortability of some of our emotions, the narratives that we hold about our emotions, even, you know how powerful it is even to just have the mantra, it's okay to be sad, <laughs> you know? Like, it's okay to be angry. My anger is teaching me something. Like, just something so simple like that could be so powerful. Um, but if we're doing that at the beginning of the week, and then by Wednesday, Venus is conjunct the south node. Venus, the planet of relationships, the planet of material objects, the planet of money, the planet of worth, our self-perception of our worth. Um, isn't that kind of related, right? Like, could we be showing up now differently in our relationships because we are claiming our emotions in a different way? Um, could we be challenging ourselves not to distract in the material world, whether that be through spending, you know, or, um, yeah, like spending, collecting things, like it, instead, you know, just being with ourselves, like uh, there's something there with this Venus South node that is very much related, right? Um, oh, Corey, I'm glad this is feeling uh, relative. Uh, let's actually pull a card on the Venus South Node because we know our card for the full moon is the star. So I think, again, really, really the advice is sort of deciding on the narrative, um, deciding on your your mantra when it comes to holding your emotions. Um, and then uh, we have the King of Wands as our advice for Venus South Node. I would love to know any reflections anybody has on that poll, King of Wands with Venus conjunct the South Node. I think Venus and Libra specifically conjunct the South Node might be a past life story about um, being out of balance with our own selves in order to be in balance with another. A lot of the times we squash our emotions because our inner child wounds say, you know, don't get upset because it'll 
upset my my mom or like you can't be mad because then dad will yell at me or like you know something like that our emotions are so intertwined um <laughs> yeah so I, I think there's some sort of individuality birthing from this venus south node conjunction there's some challenge of maybe codependent patterns people pleasing patterns um yeah, Ellis, the king, you said the king of you get the king of wands whenever you're questioning following your individuality. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because maybe part of the reasons we don't feel our uncomfortable emotions is because we're afraid we're gonna, you know, make other people uncomfortable. We're afraid we're gonna upset a different another person. We're afraid of not being in quote-unquote harmony or whatever. So I think there's something here about the King of Wands with the Venus South Node helping us embrace the new story, embrace the new pattern, embrace the new attitude with the emotions. Um, Emmy, you said he's the King of Rage. Yes. Uh, Corey, you said the King of Wands is big, brave energy. Totally, totally. Uh, I like this. I like this. I think this is going to be a powerful week from an emotional transmutation kind of, uh, perspective. I think it's possible that we could be having really powerful conversations not only with ourselves and our inner children but also powerful conversations with others and the people that we're in relationship with um, as we become more honest with ourselves we have more power to be honest with others right um well my friends that's sort of the, the week ahead energy. Uh, I have my animal cards here. So let's do that. Let's pull some animal cards for anybody who needs one. Maybe comment below if you are needing some advice, guidance, divine support. Um, let's pull an animal card in regards to, in regards to the week ahead. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, I always forget who this is, but your handle is... Isarab um said Mallory I would love a card for the week ahead please yeah okay you got the lizard um so it's funny because this feels like it really relates to the themes that we just talked about um the lizard kind of evokes the chameleon in some way in this card uh, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, I'm using the Kim Kranz Animal Spirit Oracle 
deck, which is, uh, which is a favorite of mine. And it's interesting because the lizard, the background of the card sort of matches the lizard's, um, like skin. And for me, it alludes to how our environment can influence our emotional how the outside environment can influence our emotional environment and how sometimes we rely a lot on the control of the external environment because it gives us some sort of false control over our inside environment, if that makes sense. So what I'm getting is there's some challenge with the control mind the inner control freak that we all <laughs> that we all have this week, and I wonder if um, your mantra this week has something to do with, um, like it's okay, I don't have to control everything, or um, it's okay to, um, it's okay to feel through my emotions. I don't always have to be completely in control of you know, how I'm, I don't want to say I don't want to, I don't have to be in control of my emotions, but it's more like I don't have to be so tightly zipped up with my emotions and that I can, I have permission to let things out, if that makes sense. Um, Nan, you said card for the week. Let's see. Ooh, Nan. Okay, you got mouse. Uh, so I think the mouse comes out when we can be tempted to get sucked into the details of everything. Like, when is this going to happen? Or the day, the time, the exact second. When is it right to do this? What if this is out of order? What if this is, um, this is, uh, going to happen? And we like focus so much on every single detail that we forget to just begin and, it's kind of the saying, like, you can't edit a blank page. Uh, so I think, Nan, if you find yourself getting in your head this week about beginning something, uh, I would say just take the first step and see what happens. And just determine what is the first step in this situation instead of a complete, like, two-year P growth plan that you have to have in place before you even start you know like I think there's some permission to just start this week hey Alexandra you said can I please have a card for the full week I had a beautiful Thanksgiving Christmas and sweet 16 I'm ready to be present and listen to my own self Ooh, okay I'm excited for you um okay so Alexandra, you got the earthworm, but also it's in reverse. Um, and if you think about this, like, where does the earthworm live? Uh, the earthworm lives underneath the ground, in the dirt. And that's where the magic of the earthworm happens, because as the earthworm, as the earthworm crawls in the dirt... It sort of fertilizes and loosens the soil so the new seeds can blossom and come through. 
So in a way, the earthworm is the sort of patron saint or the guide of our new beginnings and helps us incubate the seed so it can come through the ground, right? Um, But I also am getting that just literally the 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 very yeah simple literal message here is get more grounded (laughs) be in your body more this week uh if that feels safe like take more nature walks or uh your workout classes or whatever brings you joy in the body it's almost as if grounding is very important this week and from that place of grounding you will find some new perspective and clarity of how to fertilize that new beginning. But as long as you are in a more ungrounded state, we'll never be able to completely like get focused on what is getting ready to push through the dirt, if that makes sense. Yes, Lauren, you said I love an anchor card. I think it's a very important week. Ooh, okay, it is because your card just flew onto the ground. <laughs> okay, um, so you got the beaver, uh, which is really beautiful because um, I love this because the beaver is technically a water animal in this deck. However, um, the beaver has built a foundation on water, right? Like the beaver literally builds the dam in on water. It's it's an interesting animal to like choose to build something on top of water. Uh and I think this is a really powerful affirmation of all of the emotional work you've done on yourself also this sort of foundation that you have built has also been like a long time coming uh there's something about the beaver that's invested in the long-term vision um it doesn't the dam isn't built overnight and there's a lot of foundational pieces to be put into place but once it is built it's extremely secure Um, so I think just anchoring into the beauty of the foundation that you've built and the inevitable sort of long-term success or the sort of foundational safety that you've built for yourself and really feeling into that and trusting in that feels like the week ahead. Laura, you said... Card of the week. Yeah, let's see here. Cobra. Those Sagittarius placements. <laughs> Always learning something new. Um, so yeah, the Cobra is sometimes the animal that's associated with studenthood. Um, or becoming the teacher be- or the student becoming the teacher could also be a Cobra thing. Uh, But I wonder this week specifically, what are you a student of? Um, It feels more like a self-study, Laura, like maybe you're, you know, leading yourself in on a self-study on a particular book and getting really 
into learning from this particular book or maybe you're committing to going to yoga every morning this week because you're really inspired by your yoga teacher or um, maybe there's something that the nature spirits want to teach you and tell you or maybe there's something your therapist is is teaching you or you're learning from like there's look there's advice to look out for the new skill or the new thing that you could be learning about this week um and how it ultimately like configures into the sort of transformational energy that you're into right now it could even be like you're learning to build a shelf or like i don't know it's something like that but it ends up being fruitful uh corey you said i would love a card for the week yeah let's see here Okay, Corey Rabbit. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, from earlier, you know, you were talking about setting boundaries and uh, sort of, I think you used the phrase like teaching others how to respect and treat you or something along those lines. And I think with the rabbit, there's a bit of like fear and hypervigilance often with um, with our old anxiety stories and maybe our old relationship patterns that come into play. Um, so I think specifically having that mantra this week for you is important, especially if the mantra is sort of like it is safe and in alignment to um, stick to my boundaries. Maybe it's something that simple, uh, but I think the rabbit, when it comes to the fear story, often is tempted to act in the direction of the fear story. I'm trying to think of the fear story that is associated with boundaries on a more like inner child subconscious level. And I think... um, I think it might be like, well, if I set a boundary with this person, I won't be loved or they'll be mad at me or they'll dislike me or they'll judge me. Uh, And maybe part of the Venus South Node story for you too, Corey, is actually making peace with the fact that some of your boundaries might result in someone else judging you and letting that be okay. Um, letting people be, um, letting people feel some type of way about you, but not letting it affect what you know is healthy for you. That's how I feel with the rabbit. Uh, Katie, you said I would love an animal card in this weird moment. Yeah. Ooh, Katie, you got the elephant. Uh, so feels to me like, uh, it's a sort of overcoming obstacles kind of moment where it's important to center in on the belief of your own inner capabilities to sit in the uncomfortableness, whether that's has to do with relationship stuff, whether that has to do with career stuff. 
I think the elephant is coming through to remind you that you are absolutely capable of overcoming the obstacle itself. And, um, and even if there are moments of self-doubt, feels like maybe that's coming through, like the biggest enemy right now is self-doubt. What, what's, what's the counter, counter, um, battle mantra that comes in when you are catching yourself in the sort of belief of the self-doubt? Uh, Annie, you said, I love a card for my birthday coming up on Tuesday. Happy early birthday, Annie. Sending you lots of love. Okay, shark and fox come out. So I think it's okay to, um, with the shark, it feels to me like there's some um, conflicting emotions around this birthday. And I know when we're in a grieving journey, sometimes like different life events, like big life events can reflect to us different moments of the grief journey. And that can also be kind of difficult. So in a weird way, I think it might be helpful to expect there to be some mixed emotions on this birthday, not trying to make everything feel absolutely perfect and optimistic. And I think the birthday still could be a really great one. But at the same time, I think there is an element of sort of an emotional juxtaposition with this birthday. And that's okay. You know, that's okay. Not every single birthday is the happiest, um, most optimistic moment of our life. Uh, but I think you're going to be able to find the meaning and the optimism in some of the mixed emotions. Emmy, you said, can I get an animal card for the week ahead? Yeah, let's see. Ooh, okay. Emmy, you got the buffalo. That's awesome. Um, I like the buffalo because there's something, there's a bravery. Uh, there's like a grit that the buffalo has. Sort of similar to Katie's message, um, Emmy. Like there's something about self-belief that's really important this week. Um, how do you go about battling self-doubt? Um, how do you go about centering in on your own inherent capabilities to move forward and be creative and tap into your intuition? And I actually think it is a very intuitive week for you and a week to tap into creative empowerment. Okay. Um... Let's see, my friends, um, 
Okay. All right, friends. If I didn't get to your question, I am sending all the good vibes your way this week. Um, we have highly sensitive person reunion in a little bit. So I'm going to log off, get something to eat before that. Um, and yeah, again, I'm in full agreement that if I didn't get to your question, spirit will answer your question in some way this week. And that's it, my friends. I'm sending you lots of love and I'll see you guys next time. Okay.